Ditch the fairy tale, princess. It's time to step outside the status quo and blaze your own trail. The path littered with setbacks, successes, and newfound passions. Why? Because when you break away from the script, you start to pursue a life by choice. One that is all yours. Live unscripted and rewrite your life. So excited you're here. Today I have a powerhouse of a woman for you on the show. My girl Sydney Lynch is the president and founder of Prism Inc. She's a networking marketing professional, but she is a network marketing fucking queen. We'll just say that with Isogenics. But prior to pursuing entrepreneurship, Sydney was a professional bodybuilder graduating with degrees in kinesiology, secondary education, and psychology with plans to become an educator, a PE teacher even at that. But after moving across the country with 50 bucks to her name and sleeping on couches, she realized her desire for impacting lives through health and wellness was what she was really meant to be doing. She partnered with Isogenics, a world-class biohacking company, and quickly became a top earner building a team of over 7,000 people globally by the age of 25. When I asked her favorite topics to speak on, she said, anything, girl, I'm down for it all. Because Sydney literally has been down for it all for the last several years, and that's how she was able to build this team of over 7,000 people and get to the get to the point where now that life is paying for her to go explore. She recently moved to New York. You'll hear her share a little bit about that. But she realized the impact that heart-centered sales and personal development can make in society. That's why she launched Prism Inc. is to support eight-figure wellness and longevity companies in building their sales team through recruiting, placement, and training at 25 years old. Like, I think she's maybe 26 now, but she literally has done more in the last several years than I think a majority of some of us. I know you're going to find so much inspiration and so much that you can connect with in this episode because she is like me. And if you love me in this in this podcast, you'll love how real and raw we get when we talk about the shit that sometimes you just got to get done in order to accomplish the things you say you want to do. Sydney's one of those people that we follow each other for several years. She used to live in San Diego. This is where she moved with only those 50 bucks in her pocket. And I love how she shared the story of going all in when she first moved here, just committing to the fact that it could be better than it was where she came from. And if you take away anything today, I hope it's that. I hope that you can hear yourself in this story and know that even though sometimes you feel stuck or things seem really, really hard, you always have the ability to shift your perspective and see things for what they could be, not for what they maybe feel like they are. So I always want to find people that can encourage you to push yourself, push yourself out of your comfort zone, push yourself out of the box you feel like you were put in whatever that looks like for you. I hope you leave feeling inspired and uplifted. And I hope you go follow uh, Sydney because she's really one of those people who just shows up so consistently. I'm always inspired by her content on social media and just in awe of what she's accomplished in, in the short few years that she decided to put her mind to something. So she also has a podcast, which shout out to the podcast course. It's finally launching the Start Your Damn Podcast course. Have you heard of the podcast course yet? It is my four-week course to help you get from idea to launch in as little as four weeks. There will be a supportive community that you'll be graduated into once you launch your podcast. It is the place to be if you have thought about starting a podcast or if you even started a podcast, but you feel like you're really not quite sure what you're doing. You just hit record and you're just kind of throwing some spaghetti against the wall. Uh, this is for any and everybody who has thought about starting a podcast or wants to learn more about starting a podcast. We deep dive into all the things and there's a lot of bonus content and material in here for you to enjoy based off my network of other friends who have started podcasts. There's storytelling. There's top reasons why you should start a podcast now before it gets too crazy. Um, my tech guru, Sid, who runs my podcast production, 
uh, her and her team have put together an in-depth, step-by-step way to edit and to really stay organized with your podcast. So this course is a freaking no-brainer. Even if you're maybe not ready to start right now, this is going to be in your back pocket for when you are ready. But if you're ready to say fuck it and start your damn podcast, I want you to click the link in the show notes, get on the wait list if it's not open when you go to click, and let me know that you are ready. Let's dive into this episode. I'm just so grateful to have this time with you today. Sydney, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I look up to you so much as a woman and um, it's rare to meet people like us where I feel like we're cut from the same cloth and I feel that um, we're just a different type of breed. And so to be able to come together and have a conversation with someone like that who does have more experience than me, more years under their belt than me, uh, just is is so life-giving and such an honor. So I'm so, so happy to be here with you. Oh, we were literally just reminiscing. I have no idea when I hit record on the podcast because I've missed out on so many little nuggets that should have gone into an episode because, you know, I just jump into it with my guests. A lot of people I've had on the show, I know, or I know through social media. So I feel like I know because I spend a good 15 minutes stalking each and every guest that comes on this show's Instagram. Like I wait because I want to see what's most relevant that you're talking about, that you're posting. And it's like, I've, I've gifted myself this permission to be a nosy ass bitch and ask all these questions. And it was like all the things that were quote unquote wrong with me growing up. It's like loud, nosy, talkative. I'm like, I made a job out of this. I'm here for that. Can I get a, what else could you want? What else could you want? Uh, and, and you, you, you somehow decided to give yourself permission somewhere along the last couple of years to do the same, to show up unapologetically and to rock out doing the shit that lights you up. And you have grown unbelievably in front of my eyes, in front of so many people. So can you just dive into a little bit of your story and who you are and and who you want to claim to be at this very moment? Hell yeah. I mean, what I will say is that the last six months, pretty much my entire life has transformed into something that I never thought I would be doing. Um, But yeah, I mean, my story, essentially, I, I got started in entrepreneurship or whatever you want to call it at 22 years old, maybe 21 years old. And I was living out in Montana. I was like small town girl working three different jobs. I was working as like a nanny. I was working as a volleyball coach, bartender. I was working at a gym. I was doing all sorts of things, um, going to school full time. Like I was always really just driven to become the greatest version of myself from a very young age. I was always into personal development, reading books. Um, but I realized my environment in Montana wasn't conducive to the type of person that I really wanted to become. And so I essentially graduated school, quit all my jobs, um, moved out to California with $50 left in my account with no job set, no money and nowhere to live. <laughs> and I landed in San Diego. I bought a one-way ticket with a layover for nine hours in the middle of the night in Seattle, slept with my luggage, had like two suitcases with me. And went out to California with like a hope and a dream and a prayer, like a deep, deep prayer that something would work out. Um, Met a woman out there, bought her dinner, and then ended up moving in with her that day. It was like, you know, just super, super ballsy, but I just trusted um, myself. I trusted that I would always, no matter what, be able to get gritty enough and um, clutch enough, you could say, like come in clutch for myself. And so moved out, moved out there moved in with her and she really became a mentor for me, introduced me to the world of network marketing, which I was involved in for about five years and built a really strong team of 7,000 people all over the world by the age of 25, was a top earner at 25 in that age demographic and absolutely learned 
so much about people and about life. And I will say that in those, it almost makes me emotional talking about it because in those five years, like I literally have been kicked down so many times, like so many times. And so many people look at people like us, beautiful women, right. Or men. And it's like, Oh, it's easy for them because of the way they look, or it's easy for them because of X, Y, Z. But I will say I worked harder than anyone I came across those five years to achieve the results that I did in my company and in my business. Um, And that's something that no one can take away from me. And I'm so proud of because now I know I can really do anything I put my mind to. Um, And again, in the last, you know, six or seven months, my life has transitioned a ton. I still build my company. Isogenics is the company I'm partnered with Um, a little less focused there now. And I took that, um, experience. And I was like, I want to channel it into something that really like lights me up again, really lights me up again. And so I started to do some consulting for different companies, which I had no business doing, but I was just like, I'm going to figure it out, figure it out. And I started to do a lot of that. And, um, recently in the last six months started a company called prism. And that actually is focused on recruiting top tier sales talent for multiple seven and eight figure companies. So we um, gain the clients, we get the talent, we pair them together, and then we train and we ramp them to KPI. So that has been something totally out of my wheelhouse that I started and partnered with a couple really good friends back from San Diego. And uh, it's been just this like magical ride. And it's so cool to see all of the things that I learned in network marketing and all the trials and the tribulations and the hard times um, directly impact this experience of building a new company. And I'm just, I'm so grateful for those wall kicking moments that have even happened up until today, right? Constantly wall kicking moments. But yeah, now we're here. I just moved, I've moved across the country since then four times. I just moved to New York last week. Um, and now here we are talking to you. <laughs> Wow. I, I saw that you were in New York and I, I was curious how you ended up over there. Not that the draw to New York hasn't always been there for me too. I remember the first time going to New York praying that I wasn't going to love it. Cause I'm like, please don't let me love this place more than San Diego because I will move here. And it, it's close. And I think had I not already been rooted in San Diego, as far as like family and career, I, I would have moved to because it, it, the city talk about energy, talk about being around high level people who are performing not only that, the city performs for you. It's like this whole dance and this beautiful like energy about it that you can tap into at any time. So I see the draw. My cousin moved there like 15 years ago and never came back. Oh, it um, it was always a dream in my 20s to live here. I was like, if I don't do this now, I will never do it. And I will say since moving here, I got schooled. I, I had all of my belongings stolen from my place. Like it got bad. And this was like a week and a half ago. Um <laughs> But what I'll say is this city, I'm like, this city is my city. I love it here so much. I don't know when I'm leaving. I don't know. And I came here for a completely different reason. I got another opportunity with an agency here. So I'm doing some other stuff with them, but it's, um, it is such a magical city and I love the people. I love it, but it definitely, it definitely is schooling me right now. So, well, I, you know what? I kind of love that you're sharing that because I feel like that is the whole point of my podcast is to share these moments where, 
quote unquote shit looks seemingly perfect from everybody else. And they say shit like must be nice, or she, you know, has had something handed to her, or she must know something I don't know. And, and I literally just did a podcast episode with one of my girlfriends who she was like a professional golfer for 10 years and then transitioned. And she talked about her ass kicking moments or getting your ass kicked moments. And even now she's like, shit's hard, but I'm in a place where I can still put my game face on, do what needs to get done and move about the day. And you made a post not too long ago on Instagram about when you are a certain level of person, right? We'll just call it two, three level of person. And you have problems at level five, six, they seem so massive and huge for my little brain. That analogy made so much simple sense because as I've grown and become what I call maybe in those higher seven, eight, nine type of a woman, those five, six problems don't even phase me anymore. They're there. You just handle them now. And, you know, I know you share on social, the things that you go through and that you've grown through to be able to get to where you're at. And you know what? I had no intention of really sharing both of our network marketing backgrounds, obviously though yours has been massively successful to a level, which now you've been able to create an agency, right? From what you've learned. And I will give you credit though. You, you didn't give yourself credit for the second of who am I to do that thing of creating this? You know who you are. You've been to countless events. You've been in multiple rooms. You've walked so many stages. You've done the shit. Like I love that you still were never there. You've never just, you know, you don't arrive at a place where there's no more fear. There's no more doubt. There's no more feeling like the little person in the room. You've now put yourself in a different room to where you're now going to grow into the next level. So I think that's a beautiful moment and a beautiful thing and and maybe something you couldn't even see happening from where you were before. Because like they say, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking back. And network marketing to me, I, I, I'm so curious how it's gotten such a poor name over the years because it is literally the world's best business structure for anyone who is thinking about becoming an entrepreneur. It's like a done for you setup. Um, and all of my mentors, literally, I think all of them, or maybe 90% of them, dabbled in network marketing and or created their first six-figure leg of their business in order to then start their next thing like you're kind of doing right now. I really feel like it doesn't get talked uh, talked about enough from these past people who have successes in the business. I And I feel like that's fine. They've maybe wanted to move on. They've wanted to create new legs of their business. It's not part of the conversation. But it's interesting because the very first round of Fast Foundations Mastermind that I did, Chris and Lori are big in Isogenics. And they created their first, I would say, seven-figure business out of that company. And in the room... Um, for the very first round, I would say probably 75% of the people knew them from that. So not only did they build a business, they created a community, learned to be leaders, took information that they learned, and then started to become the facilitators of magic of creating an entrepreneurship. Literally Fast Foundations is for accidental entrepreneurs or early stage entrepreneurs. Um, so it's so crazy how many people I find out have this background and that's where they learn their skill set. So can you speak to that a little bit? I know I always want to just paint it in the best light because I had nothing but great experience with it. Other than the feedback I would get from people being like, ew. You totally. know? Yes. No, it, it's so true. I think that it is the perfect container for a very low barrier to entry and a low risk for people. Like for me at 22 years old, when I found it, if I would have went and tried to be a traditional entrepreneur, I would have failed and had to go back and get a nine to five right away. And with network marketing, it allowed me to get enough success quick enough with a low skill set that I could sustain myself fully for years and years and years. And even now where it 
it covers my life, right? It's like the, the power of residual income is so amazing that even while I'm building this other company, I have residual income coming in every single, like as a 27 year old to have a passive income that covers my lifestyle is something that most people would only dream of. And network marketing gave me that and network marketing gives me that. Um, and to even be able to be a part of the community and to get the free training, like the value that's provided in that container, when you find the right company is invaluable. Um, and it gives you the confidence and the platform that if you do want to pursue something new, you can, and you can with a lot more ease. So I think network marketing is such a beautiful, beautiful profession. And what I'll say is most people who are getting that negative feedback, like you're going to get that in any industry. It's just, a, it's just understanding that people are scared and they don't understand it. Um, and so as I started to build my belief, I believe the only objections we get are the ones we currently hold ourselves. And so there was no part of me that ever had a negative ick around network marketing. And so I didn't ever get that objection because it was like, that just wasn't what I was attracting. I was attracting people who were looking for something like that, just like I was. Um, and so I think the profession is so beautiful. I know that it's a little bit down right now in general, um, but I think it's I think it's truly one of the best vehicles for people who want to build something part time but may not have the resources or the talent to go, you know, balls to the walls into a traditional business. Right, and if you think about it, it's it's literally. What you just said is so true. And I honestly had a, a similar experience too, because I didn't even know what it was. So when I was introduced to said product, I was in my health and fitness days. And so it was a support system of just replacing one thing with another from a girlfriend who I trusted. And it wasn't until we sat down to do the business that I, re I realized what those letters were and what they, they, they were meaning, but they had no meaning over me. So I didn't create any meaning around it. And it is true. You can learn a skill set as you start the business versus going out and getting the quote unquote education or skill set by paying to go to school or any of that kind of shit that we invest tens of thousands of dollars in and then try to go use it. If it's like real time school, it's like real time, you know, um, what do they call paid, paid to work You're getting paid to work or, you know, like a, like an associate program. But I figure, I figure it like if we could just somehow articulate the fact that affiliate marketing is literally the same exact thing, people wouldn't be so cringe when it comes to it because I, I would, I would bet nine out of 10 people who are slinging, you know, CBD vitamins online and who are talking about the hairbrush and the hot tools that they're using would have never foreseen themselves like saying, Hey, use my code for 10% off this curling iron I use. Like there's literally nothing different. And, um, I always just want to take the stigma out of things so that people aren't so intimidated by them. And that's why like I dove into Monate, but Monate was one of those companies that because I had been a professional in the industry for over 18 years, I had some feelings about it. And so in the beginning of my business, I struggled because same thing. I had created stories around it based off what I had heard in the outside world. Um, so I had to work through those and I had to fully invest in the product and the company before I had any success with it also. No, it's, it's so true. And I actually, um, what I really see is so often is the people who are the biggest skeptics end up being like the biggest promoters and the biggest lovers of the products. Um, which is just, it's really funny. And usually they're the most highly successful, um, but skepticism isn't bad. Skepticism just usually means people don't have all the information. So, you know, if you're in network marketing, be patient with those people because those people usually end up being the biggest builders, your best business partners. Um, they're just more analytical and they got to, they got to see the the proof is in the pudding. Totally. Totally. And that's why you talked about early on the podcast, putting 
yourself in environments that support that growth. And you were, you know, Chris Harder used to speak to this because a lot of people would use the excuse that, oh, I'm from a small town. I can't build whatever business it is I'm trying to build. There isn't the market for it. There aren't the people. I'm not in the right place. But, you know, you put your money where your mouth is and you took 50 bucks and you moved to San Diego and created something out of literally nothing. And I think that grittiness and that willing to be so committed to your vision and your dream is what got you where you're at. So what about for those listeners that are not in a position to tap into that grittiness yet because of, let's say, personal circumstances or family or whatnot for that matter, how how have you taught to or led to those that you have built a team with? Because not everybody's like you, right? There are people who don't necessarily, I wouldn't call them excuses, but they have some barriers. They've got some things that they have to work through on the daily. How do you speak to or teach to those people who are kind of still getting in their own way, if you will? Yeah, I. what I ask those people is, how long are you committed to being right about whatever it is you want to be right about? And that might be being poor. That might be being, oh, I have, you know, no money left at the end of the month to pay my bill. Like, how long do you want to be committed to your victim story? That's the only question that there is. You can either be right or you can be free, but you cannot be both. So you have to ask yourself, and and I have very little sympathy for people who give me excuses. I used to be like, oh my, I used to be much more sensitive to it, but because I have been through the ringer and I have put in my sweat equity, um, we can all make excuses. And so if you're making excuses in your life, that's okay. I've been through seasons where I've let myself slip, right? We all let ourselves slip in little things, but it's asking yourself, what do you really want your life to look like? And if you really, really want it to look like that, you're going to have to let the egotistical side of you that's trying to be right die. And if you don't let that part of you die, you are never going to get what you want. So you can either stay committed to that story or you can be free and you can let it go and you can move forward with your life and you can actually achieve the things you want to achieve. And if you do that and you're willing to just go balls to the walls, which doesn't have to look like anything specifically, yours will look different than mine. Um, I just, when people say they want something and they don't execute on it in, in any controllable ways that they can, I'm like, then you don't really want it. Cause if you really wanted it, you would run through a brick wall to get it. And so if you're in a place where you're listening and you're like, okay, I'm saying I want these things, but I'm experiencing X, Y, Z. I don't, you know, I have these, I have these things that like are not allowing me to do it. You've got to look in the mirror and ask yourself, do I really want this stuff? Or is this bullshit stuff that I'm borrowing from other people? Like are these bullshit goals that I see on Instagram? And so I think that I want them because the things you truly want, you're going to get. Literally Oprah tweeted a moment right there. That is so true. And somebody actually called that to my attention the other day. I don't know. I don't know where I was, if I was in a room with other people, but they were reminding us, whoever it was, maybe I was listening to a podcast. Sometimes you get lost in when you're hearing stories, you don't even know where you are, which is why I love podcasting. And it was literally calling us out. I think I was the us, us out around your goals and the things that you say you want. Like, are you wanting these things for yourself or do you think you should want them? Are they goals that have been put on or ideas or wants or a lifestyle that you think you should have based off of the fact that you're comparing yourself to other people? Um, because that I find is the easiest thing to make excuses for why you can't do certain things. And I found that to be true for myself as I've transitioned into this new role and away from the beauty industry. 
I have put myself in rooms where other people were very clear on what they wanted. And I loved that passion. And I loved that, you know, purpose that they felt that I was like, oh, I want that too. But you can't want it because somebody else says you should want it. You have to figure that out on your own. And that's been a bumpy road for me. And I feel like I've gotten kicked in the teeth a couple times. Um, just trying to figure things out and try them on for size. And I think there's nothing wrong with trying things on and deciding it's not maybe the right thing for you. Or like you having massive success in something, people are probably like, what the hell are you doing doing something different? People want to keep you in the box they know you have been in. And so I think you you posted something and this is a great transition. You posted something just either, I don't know when you did, was yesterday, today, the no story, no meaning. And I had never heard it said like that before. And I was like, Dude, honestly, we create, I use the word overcomplicate. We create stories out of fucking nothing. Like literally a half a second thing can happen or you can see something on social media or you can hear something and you just run with it. Like you could write a fucking novel based off the thing you heard or you didn't hear or the thing you thought you saw or the thing someone didn't say, but yep, that they probably did say it. I mean, can we just speak to that and how you came to that amazing you guys got to watch this reel i'm gonna i'm gonna tag it or put it in the show notes literally re- recently this has been my favorite thing to talk about it's like if anybody's like can you make a video for me you know like a quick clip on a tip it's like no story no fucking problem that is how i've been living my life for the last six months and this is what it means as human beings we like to close loops like if you start watching a movie you want to see how it ends right you like you don't want to like end it in the middle when it's like all shitty or ruin it you know something bad's happening. You want to see how stories end. You want to close the loops in your brain. And so as humans, we like to solve problems. And so when we have a guy that we go on a date with and he doesn't call us back, we make a story that we're not good enough, that we're unworthy of love, that we aren't pretty enough, that X, Y, Z, when we have a business partner and a relationship because we assume something, right? It could be anything. It could be someone doesn't call you back. Someone looks at you weird on the street. You make a story that you looked weird and so you need to fix something when really that person might've just had a really bad fucking day. We don't know. And so what I started to do was I was like, and granted with that, when we make stories, 80,000 thoughts a day, about 95% of them are negative thoughts to keep us alive is negative thoughts. So if we create stories, they're usually going to be catastrophized. So what I started to do was I was like, you know what? I'm not going to make a story about anything. If something happens and someone looks at me weird, no story, no problem. If someone doesn't call me back after a date, no story, no problem. If someone just rejects my business opportunity, no story, no fucking problem. If someone doesn't respond to my Instagram message, no story, no problem. If my mom, you know, says something rude to me, no story, no problem. It has nothing to do with me and they're not thinking about me anymore. And so when I started to live my life like that, it was like my, the, I, I realized that I was addicted to the drama and I was unwilling to continue to associate myself with the drama because I realized how much I needed it to feel like my life was exciting and valued. And so I completely removed that from my life. And now it's like, my relationships have never been better. If someone calls me and they're like, Hey, I'm, you know, I feel like you're mad at me for whatever. I was like, Hey babe, like no story, no problem. I haven't even thought about that. Like we Gucci, we good to go. (laughs) And when you have that standard of unwillingness to allow bullshit into your life and treat other people that way, 
the, the things that you can attract is just crazy. And so that's been my practice is instead of me focused on like, like personal development, personal development, people are always like, Oh, I'm doing, I'm doing meditation. I'm doing yoga. Great. Are you applying that into your real life? Because my idea of a meditation is like when someone cuts me off in traffic, do I get pissed or do I just let it slide? Like, is it all good? Right. It's like the, the work that we do in personal development is only tested and applied in real life circumstances. So if you still freak out in traffic after you just are like, oh, I'm such a good person. I did all this personal development. You really haven't changed anything. When, when you're in a situation that could throw you off, how do you react? And that's when you're really going to know if you're making a story, if you're addicted to the drama, or if you're just so committed to your own personal happiness and peace within yourself. Uh, honestly, can we just pause for a second? Because if you're out for a walk, if you're driving in the car right now, if you're doing anything where you're halfway paying attention to us and you heard her say being committed to that chaos and that drama, we all at some level are guilty of that. There is fact and in, 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 in all of that, because how many times has something happened where you wanted to call somebody right away and talk about it? And that's the story right there. You've exacerbated the story by sharing it with somebody else and then digging into it and then asking them what they think. Now they get to have an opinion and create even more of a tag onto your story. It's like asking them to write the forward to your, to your book of crazy. And I was in that stuck cycle with one of my best friends for years and self-admittedly, like she started going to therapy and she realized through the lady saying, you don't know how to just be calm and not have chaos in your life. Like anytime she started to have a great relationship, she would implode it. She would find ways to pick it apart. Uh, it's too perfect. It's too good. They don't care about me enough because they're not asking enough questions. Like in the sense of like, where were you? Why aren't you home? Shit like that. And I remember watching it in the relationship form of her doing it, thinking, bitch, you're crazy. Like there is nothing wrong. Stop making things wrong. But I also found in that friendship I would find meaning in things that were going wrong in my life just so I could call and connect with her. And so then they, we were two like commiserating people talking about our shit. And there was a point where my life started to get progressively better. And it's taken to episode, I don't know, I'm almost at 200 episodes. I don't think I've ever shared this yet. It took to the point where I felt like I couldn't call with good shit anymore because it felt like a brag. And that's not what we were doing together. We were commiserating together or she was helping me out of my problems or I was helping her out of her problems. Very rarely were we calling to celebrate one another or pour into each other or to have that open, like unapologetic place to brag about how successful we were in that day, in that moment. Um, and and we've, we've grown apart. We actually haven't really spoken like six months. And so I find I have that empathetic ear for people, but then also... I have developed newer friendships where I start to notice that being something I'm doing. And so that's a me thing. That's a story. And that's something I've had to undo and be, I'm 41, 40, how old am I? 41 years old, almost 42. And to have a 25 year friendship with somebody, like we were 13 when we met. So talk about whether it's a long-term friendship or a relationship you're in. Like some of those patterns are hard to undo. And sometimes you don't even realize you're doing it because you're so in it. You're so fucking in it. And I was committed to so many stories, not just that one, the chaos, the inability to find happiness in the day-to-day, -day, in the simple things, and to not to want to do things because other people were doing them. So please know if you're listening to this, whether you're Sydney's age in your early 20s, late 20s, or if you're in your early 40s, like wherever you're at is okay, but you deciding to stay there is not okay. 
And I love that you pointed out that meditative piece or that personal development piece, because so many people are invested in the ingesting of that shit, the books, the podcasts, the courses, the classes. But if you don't take it home and start doing something with it, it, it literally will make you even more crazy. So that was the second piece to our friendship with the same person is I started to figure out ways to incorporate the stuff I was learning into my life. And she didn't like that new version of me. And I got the whole, you know, everything you think you're a know-it-all. I said, I literally just learned this thing. And I thought maybe we could try it. But if you're not down, like I got to go. And that's how my last relationship ended too with my son's dad is like, you can't have two people speaking two different languages. So I think that was a key piece that you just pointed out about personal development and not, not integrating it into your life. So let's just say we're talking to somebody brand new. Maybe they just found this podcast and they're like, holy shit, these girls are just spitting fire. Like I've read some books. I'd love to go to some classes. I'm thinking about maybe stepping into entrepreneurship. I know I'm stuck in some of my stories. I know I play victim sometimes like shit. How can I start integrating the things that I read and that I learn? Like, what are some action steps? Is it like all of a sudden one day you just decide not to get mad at the guy that cuts you off? Like, well, what are some first steps people can do if they're still in their shit? This is the best. This is the best question I've ever gotten in my life because it's my favorite topic is immediate implementation and immediate integration is my philosophy in life. So if I, I have a rule that if somebody ever recommends a book, I have to buy it that day and read it. So I buy it, I read it. But what I, my goal is to integrate anything immediately that I can use because if not goes on the shelf, don't use it again. So immediate implementation and immediate integration is take what you like and leave the rest. But when you take the thing you like, it's like, how soon can you integrate it? Like, can you like, okay, for an example, my business partner told me this Chipotle hack a couple days ago. And he was telling me how I can get double meat for the price of single meat. And so I was walking in New York, literally two hours later. And this is just who I am now, because I'm so used to doing this. I walk into a Chipotle, I'm not even hungry. And I go, I do it. I do the sales thing. And I practice it and I get double meat for the price of single meat. And I was like, cool, implement implementing immediately is the only way that you can get better and you can feel more confident about yourself. Right. I was like, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know. I walk in, I do it done confidence booster. Right. And it doesn't have to be Chipotle, right. It can be anything, but that's just an example. So when you hear this, you guys hearing, Oh, next time I get cut off in traffic, like it's going to be really hard for me to not react. It's like, is it, or is that the story you keep on fucking telling yourself that's disempowering you from your growth? Or can you actually do anything if you really try it? The next time your significant other comes in the room and he says something that ticks you off, can you just not do what you normally do? Like have a little self-control and try something new. If, if not for you to throw him off, like just do it to see if you can change up the energy and just pattern break. Right. So it's like, and, and you'll see that people will be just as thrown off as you. And it's like, Hey, I'm going to practice something new, babe. Next time that you do something that really annoys me, I'm not going to freak out just to hold myself accountable. I'm just telling you, I'm not gonna freak out. We're going to address it in a calm way. We're going to have a conversation, like just try it and see. And what happens is when you throw yourself off, you throw the other people off, like people start to change. People start to step up to your expectations for yourself for them. And it'll change your entire life. And you'll start to attract the right people and the wrong people will phase out. And that's okay. Immediate implementation of anything and everything. It's really a way to build confidence very quickly and to realize that you're truly capable of anything. I love that. 
I love that so wholeheartedly because you and I both have a really strong fitness background. We've both been competitive bodybuilders and bikini competitors. We know what that discipline muscle looks like. And in order to achieve the goal, you have to do those things. Like there's no, like, I'm kind of going to do it and then step on stage. Like you wouldn't dare only half do your diet and half train and then think you're going to stand up next to anybody thinking you're somebody. So I think that was one of the people ask me, like, they look back and they're like, why, what did, what, what was the bodybuilding all about? They just think that's who I am. And I'm like, no, that was literally one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. I mean, like get, being pregnant and having birth, having birth, giving birth and having a baby was easier than doing a 17 week prep for a bodybuilding competition. I'm, I'm not lying. Like when you push yourself beyond limits for no other reason than because you decided to, like nobody else cared if I competed. Nobody was going to win anything. Nobody was coming out like other than me. That, that was strictly like the most selfish thing I've ever gotten to do for myself. And that's why I say bodybuilding is a selfish sport. Just like taking control of your own life is a selfish sport. If you don't own your own shit, nobody else will. I mean, nobody's going to push you more than they're going to push themselves. And so when you sit back and make excuses, which we've all done, where you're not talking to two girls who've never made an excuse, don't get it twisted. Like I still use things as an excuse, right? Like, oh, I'll do that tomorrow. But at the end of the day, the only person I'm letting down is myself because nobody else cares if I have a successful business. I'm the one who wants a successful business. I'm the one who wants the money freedom or the time freedom or the location freedom or the ability to say I'm an author or a speaker or a fucking podcaster or whatever it is in your heart that you want to bring out into the world. Like only you can, can really be rooted in that why. And that's one of the questions I had for you was what is the power or what's in the power of understanding our own personal why. I know that's something that's big in, in our personal development world through isogenics and through other companies, but when you can get, it's part of the story that they help you create so that you can explain why you're doing the business, but not just to share with other people, but so that you're rooted in your why on days when shit's hard. Yeah. 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 I had a whole journey uh, around this in 2020 when the pandemic hit because, um, a lot of my why when I started was recognition and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. I learned to own the fact that I was enlivened by recognition and being on stage and speaking and getting external validation. And so in 2020, when the world shut down and there was no more stage and there was no more being at events with people where I got the, you're so amazing. I had to go to a really, really dark place and be like, why the fuck am I actually doing this? Like, why the fuck am I actually doing this? And I realized that 80% of why I was doing it was for that. And I was like, I'm not going to keep going. Like, I cannot keep going. And I went into extreme burnout. And it took me undoing the shame and the guilt that I carried and associated with why I was doing it for that external validation and for the bullshit goals that I borrowed from other people. And then, you know, all, all the stuff. And I finally came to a place where I was so comfortable with who I was and what I, what I wanted my life to look like, uh, in the next three years, five years, 10 years, 20 years, 50 years, um, that I then was able to open up, like, what do I actually want? What do I see for my vision for my life? And what can I be unapologetic about pursuing no matter who asks me what, I, you know, what I'm going after, I can just fucking own it. And when I was able to come from that place, the why for my life was like, they would say like, have a why that makes you cry. And I never understood that. I was like, my why is just to be up on stage and get external validation. Now it's like my why I finally 
get that. It's like my why is pulling me out of bed in the morning. My why is pushing me from behind and spanking my ass to go. My why is pulling me by each arm from the side. It is like so deeply rooted at a cellular level inside of me that I could not not be in action because if I wasn't in action, it would just be that dangling carrot in front of me and a regret that I would always have if I didn't do it. And so for me, I mean, I don't know if you want me to go into my specific, like why I'm doing what I'm doing, but to have that level of a cellular visceral experience of my why, I want everyone to be able to feel that because then they'll realize why I'm so about immediate implementation and no story, no problem, because I'm so committed to the future version of myself that I would rather die than not do it. I would rather die, literally. Well, no, and I love that. And I think people are seeking out that passion and purpose behind their why. And that's why asking people the question, what do you want, is so hard for some people to answer because they look at their current situation and they mean, what do you mean, what do I want? This is what I have. This is what I'm stuck with. This is what I the cards I was already dealt. This is what happened to me already from my past decisions. There's nothing I can do about where I'm at now. And so, you know, so much of what you're saying is true. And I, and I feel like, I I mean, I'm either really good at what I'm doing or this next question was just lined up perfectly. I'd like to think I'm getting really good at what I'm doing, but I know that we all have pain. (laughs) We all have pain that pushes us. And that was the exact next thing I wrote is like, what or how can, our pain be used as fuel for us. And you literally just took the words out of that question because you're like the pain and the fear of not doing it, of not knowing my potential every single day will eat me alive. And I like to call that that muted down version is like FOMO, right? Like, are you going to have fucking FOMO if you don't step into that version or do that thing or walk that, like that immediate implementation is so much deeper. And I can actually feel that more than I can with the term like inspired action. Like, Immediate implementation is like, do the shit you said you were going to do. Do the things you just learned were going to help you to to get there. Exactly. And do it for you instead of somebody else. Like if, if not for you, we'll do more for other people than we do for ourselves often, but it's honestly, I, I feel like people are scared to feel what they actually want to have in their life. Like, it's like, if they actually went there and were like, what do I really want? They feel guilty or they feel shame. And the the thing that I have started to do, like people are always like, Oh, I put myself in my past every day. And that drives me. And I think that's great for some people. I, I always stay connected to where I came from. But the thing that drives me way more is every single day in the morning, the first thing I do is I wake up And I imagine myself at 80 years old. What if I woke up and today I was 80 years old in a rocking chair? What if I woke up today and I knew it was literally my last day on earth? Like, how would I feel about what I'm about to do today? And if I'm not excited about the answer for too many days in a row, I'm like, I got to change something. But the thing that motivates me so much is like, if I was 80, like, what would I actually want to do? What would I look back and regret not doing? What would I be really happy and proud of if I did do it? And that just, it allows you to guide your day and make decisions for something that's bigger than you, which is your future you. Mm. Mm. I literally could just see myself and that got me a little bit like emotional because no, you're so right. And there's so many people who don't gift that thought to themselves at the beginning of each day to like, kind of like make a change. If, if where you're at's not where you want to be, like let that version of you or that thought, like I call that FOMO too, like that fear of regret of not doing those things. So 
let's touch on a few things because I feel like you and I could just shoot the shit and talk about all these things all day long for hours on end. What ways do you fill up your own cup? How do you get recharged so that you have so much to give other people? This is so important. Um, I tend to work a lot of hours in a day and I tend to overcommit at times, but the number, oh gosh, how do I do that? My high performing friend. I take, yeah, I take time to like get massage. I'm big in self-care. I take a bath every day. I get massage. It's the little things for me. But right now in this season, I'll say that there were seasons where I like really had to prioritize being alone and like doing my self-care and my routines and everything. But right now, the thing that makes me feel like my cup is the most filled is giving back what I've learned. It's like, if I can be around more people, if I can meet more people, be interacting with more people, talk to more people, impact, like coach more people, train more people, that is giving, that's filling my cup because it's actually giving is giving me more energy than taking ever has. And it used to be like, I have to fill up my cup with self-care. Again, I still do massages. I still take days off. I still do rest and relaxation and go on my walks to give myself like a mental break. I do all those things, but I'm realizing that the more literally in this moment, realizing that the more I was thinking that I needed that stuff to fill up others cups, it made me want to give in a constrained way. It was like, I'll give, but I got to go recharge. And now I'm like, actually the thing that gives me the most life is giving more. And so I think that my way right now in this season, again, of recharging is just by giving endlessly with no expectation or story that I need to be receiving in return. That is so good. And that literally just clicked a little light bulb on for me because I think I, I got burnt out in the, in the season of, of the beauty industry after 20 plus years, not in the sense of like the physical work. It was just the mental drain that I was putting on myself, knowing that my time had, that ship had sailed and it was time to do something else. And while that was successful in its own right, I wasn't stepping into that next version. And so that was creating the feeling of burnout and then overwhelm. And then, you know, all of that shit. And I was like, oh, I just need more self-care. I just need more self-care. But really giving in that selfless way, even behind the chair all those years was the way I got my cup filled up too. And I find that, you know, if I'm ever feeling like I need to do those things, um, I get off a couple podcast episodes and I'm like, whoo, I'm ready to go. It's like, I just drank three cups of coffee or yes. did a big fat, you know, what line of cocaine or something wild where I'm just like, shit, let's go. It's time. Exactly. Not that I would know anything about that. That's another podcast. Um, okay. So this podcast is called unscripted. Okay. We talk about how you rewrite your life. You literally shared that story off the cuff in the beginning of how you decided to rewrite your life by picking up with 50 bucks and moving to San Diego and, and finding a woman buying her dinner. And then, you know, your whole life changed. I feel like if that's not rewriting your own script, I don't know what is, what scripts have you had to throw out in your own head about how your life was supposed to be in order to like rewrite this new version of you? Such, you're so good. Um, so many. I I will say, I will say for anybody who's like, okay, this girl's really positive. She has a good mindset. Like she didn't have to work for this. I will tell you, I was the most negative. I I thought the only way I could relate to people and add value was by complaining until I was like 21 years old. I thought the only way that anybody would want to be around me was that if I was complaining, because I wasn't smart enough to add value to people's lives. Um, the stories I had to really rewrite, rewrite was, um, you're not pretty enough. 
you're not smart enough. You're not ever going to amount to anything. I went to school to be a high school PE teacher. I failed my personal training exam. Like I have low, low, low credentials for most things. Um, but so, I mean, so the negative self-talk was real and it's still real. And it's something that I battle every single day. And I've changed immensely in that. Um, but being like reflecting on that, even in this moment, it's like, shit, if I can go from that to where I'm at right now, um, despite all the failures, despite all the haters, despite all the you know internal self-talk, rewriting all the story, it's like, would I go back and do it again? Is it worth it? And I will say that the happiness and peace I feel in my heart and in the relationships that I have and in the confidence that I've built um, and in the business that I've built, I'm like, I would go back and do it a million times over again and add 10 times the hardness to it. I would still do it because rewriting those things and not being a victim to my own limiting thoughts and beliefs and the thoughts that others projected onto me and that I allowed them to project onto me is it's liberation, it's freedom, and it's, it's power, it's internal power. And I think that, um, that kind of power and that kind of liberation and freedom in someone's life is you just become unstoppable. And that that's where I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm diving into now. I love that. I can't wait to see if this is what's happened in the last 10 years. I can't even imagine where you're going to be in the next 10 years. I mean, that shit's got to get you excited and give you goosebumps for sure. And here you are living in New York City, one of the craziest cities in the world, just full of all of potential to do, be, have whatever it is that you want. So I'm glad you're putting yourself in, a, in an environment that will support this massive growth that I know is going to continue to happen. Um, you also have a podcast called The Prism Show, or is it The Prism Podcast? Yes, Prism Podcast. Yeah. So yeah. you guys, if you if you love this episode, you can go get more one-on-one -on -one time with Sid. She could be in your ear. Or you can follow her on Instagram. I always love going there for uplifting content. She she doesn't hold shit back. She's much like myself where you're going to get the real raw, tough love, all the things that are going to help you get out of your own way and take not only inspired action, but intentional implementation of the things you learn because that is how we grow. And for me, it's not about getting uncomfortable. It's about challenging yourself just to try some new shit and, and not have any expectations around it. Just be willing to show up and put some, some reps in, right? Because if you didn't hit it on the first time, like that doesn't mean you quit. You just keep showing up. You keep doing the thing. Trust me, if you want any motivation, go listen to the first couple episodes of my podcast. They suck. And now I think I'm a little bit better and I can't wait to see where I'm going to be at at 300 episodes. You know what I mean? And when finally I get offered my own talk show. So definitely be having you come back on when I get my live in-person show. It's going to be the Jessica and so-and-so show, not so-and-so and, -so and Jessica. That's my only rule. Um, but I, I've loved this chat with you. I definitely want to have you come back on the show and I would love to maybe bring you into my, my membership and speak to the women in there because you're so powerful and I just love what you're doing. And thank you for being so raw and honest and vulnerable and just sharing that, you know, you're not perfect and you're still figuring it out as you go too. Oh, thank you. You are such an incredible light. I'm, I'm also going to have you on my show. We're going to talk about that later, but I, uh, I'm so honored to be on. I'm so glad we got a chance to really connect for a whole hour. It makes me so happy. Uh, and thank you guys for, you, you know, the people who are listening. It just means a lot. I know that time is the most valuable asset that you have and spending an hour with us. Um, it does not go unnoticed and I hope that it was valuable for you as well.
absolutely. And we always love to hear your takeaways and your feedback. So please reach out if you've got anything on your mind after listening to this episode or share it with someone else you feel could be inspired, motivated, uplifted, or maybe just needs a little pat on the back. Uh, We love you. We see you. We support you. And we're right here with you doing the work. And we'll see you on the next episode. Giving back is easy. Leave unscripted your five-star rating and written review. I appreciate your support more than I could ever put into words. 